0: in a series called Unstoppable. Unstoppable. And I think that's something that we want to be in our own lives. We want to be unstoppable. But more than just us, it's about how the kingdom of God is unstoppable. And so we've been talking about the values of Thrive Church. And and these values are, are kind of like our guiding principles. And sometimes you might you know, be in a business or in a church or something like that, and they say, oh, these are our values, and they'll list off a bunch of things, but they end up just being something that they hang on the wall, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, well, those are things that we like, but it might not be something that we actually do. So these values, these guiding principles are something that really governs every decision that we make, everything that we do. If it does not fall into one of these three values, then we don't do it. We're not trying to be the church that does the most. We want to be a church that gathers together, that's effective for the kingdom of God. So the first week, does anybody remember what the first one we talked about was? Connecting. Connecting, right? And then the second week, last week, was transform. And then this week is ignite. Ignite. So my question is, have you ever, be honest now, have you ever played with fire before? Anyone ever played with fire? All the guys' hands go up. I, you know, come on, girls, you got to catch up here. Anybody ever play with fire? You know, when I was a kid, my parents used to tell me this. I don't know if your parents ever told you this. They said, if you play with fire, it's going to make you wet your bed at night. Anybody ever heard that other than me? A couple, okay. Like, if you play with fire, it's going to make you wet your bed. A, I don't think it ever made me wet my bed, but B, it also never stopped me from tr- playing with fire either. I mean, I loved playing with fire for some reason, I don't know what it is, but in my family, building a fire was like literally a rite of passage. Like my dad would would take us and he would teach, you know, me and then later on my brothers and sisters, you know, how to build a fire. And then one day, he would be like, we're going out to the woods, and we're out in the woods, and, uh, and all I have is one match. He hands me this match. He says, now build a fire. I'm like, Dad, we're in three foot of snow. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. Build me a fire. And, uh, and so that was the rite of passage, and I had to, to go, and I had to find... You know, kindling and, and tinder and wood and all these things. Um, I, I had to do it in the snow. Um, you know, some of us have had to do it in, in the rain or different things like that. But one of the, the things in my family was that you had to be able to build a fire in any situation. You know, building a fire. We have to ignite a fire. It's like I heard about this guy. He went Parachuting. And, and as he, he jumps out of the airplane and, and he's falling down and towards the earth and he's going, comes to the altitude where he's going to pull the ripcord and deploy his parachute and he pulls it and nothing happens. And he's yanking on it and he's yanking on it and he's yanking on it and, and nothing's happened. And then he sees a guy coming up the other way. He's flying through the air and as they pass each other in the air, he says, Do you know anything about parachutes? And the guy says, no, do you know anything about gas grills? (laughs) I don't know if you ever ignited a gas grill before, but... uh... So we're talking about igniting a fire. Did you know that our lives literally revolve around fire? Like, Like literally revolve around fire, right? We have the sun and we're this earth and we're revolving around this gigantic ball of fire. Now, that's on the, on the big scale. But on the small scale, our lives also revolve around fire, don't they? I mean, we have, we have lights. Now, where does the lights come from? Nowadays, we have all kinds of different kinds of lights. But where does the electricity come from? It generally comes from a result of a fire. Even if it's a solar panel or whatever, it comes from, from fire. If you got here this morning in an automobile... You got here using the power of fire. If you heated your home at all, it was done with the power of fire. There is power in fire, isn't there? There is power. I mean, our lives depend on it. And fires, you know what they bring? They bring change, don't they? Sometimes good change and sometimes bad change. I mean, if you've ever been in a house fire, anyone ever have a house fire before of any kind? Okay, a few people. I mean, that brings change, doesn't it? Probably not for the better. It brings change. Or if you plant a garden, we, we, re, we rely on the fire, the power of the sun to cause these plants to grow. You know, in the Bible, we see that God often revealed himself to man in the form of fire. You know, when, when, when Moses was first getting told to lead the people out of Israel, how did God appear to Moses? He appeared to him in a burning bush, in fire. Later on, many years after, now Moses helped the Israelites come out of the Egyptian rule. And now they're wandering in the desert. And how is God revealing himself there in a pillar of fire over the tabernacle? Fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus dies, he comes to life again, and then on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, he reveals himself again, as the Bible says, as tongues of fire over the people's heads. Hebrews 12, verse 29 says this. He says, for our God is a devouring fire, a consuming fire. Now, here's the thing. He desires for us to be on fire for him. Now, I, let's just get real here for a minute. And, and you might be here with us for the first time, and you're like, okay, it's going to get weird in just a minute. And I promise you, it won't get too weird, okay? Because I don't like that term. People are like, I'm on fire for God, praise the Lord. And you're like, What? <laughs> Like, keep me away from you. And, and people, they, they, they say, oh, I'm on fire, I'm on fire. And, and usually what it means is it's like, I'm going to blow you away, you know, with my faith and my belief. I don't think God wants us to be on fire in this flakier, in a weird or a strange way. But on fire, meaning, meaning that we're passionate about God, that we're passionate about reaching people for the kingdom of God. And so, so sometimes what we do is we're like, well, I don't want to be like a freak. So we take the, the spiritual thermostat in our life and we turn it down so low that instead of being God's chosen, we become God's frozen. And, and that's not where we should be, is it? He wants us to be, be on fire. We're so afraid of a wildfire that we've chosen no fire at all. You know, we get on fire about all kinds of things, right? Politics, right? We just had a re- uh, an election recently, and man, people get on fire about that. And there's some people, it's like, you know, you don't want to bring up politics. Because, I mean, they're just going to let you have it. And, and some people, it's sports, right? Or or it's, who came up with this name? Fantasy football. I mean, I mean, since when is a guy wanted to be like, oh, I do fantasy? I mean, it, I don't know. I think they should have came up with a better name than fantasy football. Maybe like like pretend, no, not pretend football. I don't know. But anyhow, yeah, imaginary football. There you go. I don't know. Anyhow, we get passionate, though, about I've seen guys, I mean, they're like, man, my fantasy football thing, we're crushing it. I'm like, okay, awesome, <laughs> you know. Scrapbooking. You know, some people get there on fire about putting things in books or whatever that is. Um, Leviticus 6.12. It says, now now this is the Old Testament here, and they're talking about the altar because because they worshipped God by burning things. They worshipped God. The way they worshipped God was by lighting things on fire. Now what kind of guy doesn't want to do that, right? We're like, man, this is the greatest way of worship ever. I get animals and light them on fire all the time. Well, Here it says in Leviticus 6, starting in verse 12, it says, Meanwhile, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out, and each morning the priest will add fresh wood to the fire. Now, have you ever added fresh wood to a fire before? Anybody heat their home with wood? I I heat my home with wood, and and last night it was really cold, and we had a, a hot fire. But this morning I went in there, and it wasn't so hot anymore, You know, there was a few coals, so I had to to rake out the coals and add fresh wood on the fire to get it going again. So you can imagine what they're having to do here. Add fresh wood to the fire and arrange the burnt offering on it. He will then burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. Verse 13 says, remember, what? The fire must be kept burning on the altar how long? At all times. The fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. And it goes on to say, it must never go out. It must never go out. So, so there was this fire that they would offer sacrifices on. And, and they said, said, this fire, it can never go out. You have to keep it burning all the time. We're like, well, so what? You know, who cares? That was the Old Testament. We don't burn animals anymore. And, well, some people burn them. You know, we call them dinner at times. But uh, but we don't burn animals as our way of worshiping God anymore. But in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? Don't you realize that you and me. We are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God lives in you. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple, for God's temple is holy, and and you are that temple. You are that temple. So what did the priests do? The priests had to keep the fire going all the time. Now, for those of you that burn wood in your home, this is an easy question, but for the rest of you, you might not know. Fires need tending. If you don't keep tending them, They will go out. If you don't tend it, it's eventually, I mean, it's going to turn into hot coals and eventually ash and then nothing. My question for you is, is has the fire gone out in your heart and in your life? And some people say, oh, no, no, of course not. Well, how do you know? How do you know it hasn't gone out? Well, Galatians 5.22 gives us what we call the fruit of the Spirit, and this is how we know. Galatians 5.22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Hatred and depression and fear and anxiety and rudeness and anger and criticism? No. I, I'm, but let's be real now. <laughs> Sometimes that is the fruit that's in our life. Isn't it? Sometimes that is what's coming out. Depression and fear, anxiety. We're like, man, that's, that's stepping on my toes. I'm sorry, I don't mean to step on your toes. But but these things are not the fruits of God. And these things are things that indicate that maybe the fire has gone out of our lives. It says the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit produces these kind of fruits. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and a lack of self-control? No. And self-control. There is no law against these things. I, I've met some people that act like these things really are the fruits of the bad ones. Like, oh, well, that's just the way I am. You know, I'm just an arrogant, cocky, proud person, you know? And that's just the way God made me, so you got to deal with it. No. It, it shows the fire is not burning in our lives. So how do we build a fire in our own lives? We build it with things like prayer, by fasting, by reading God's word. In 1 Kings 18, reading verse 39, uh, 38 and 39, it says, Immediately, Oh, well, before, before I read this, let, let me tell you what happens. Elijah, he's with all these... Um, these these priests of Baal, it's a false God, right? And he's challenged them to a fire building contest. Okay? I mean what what kind of a man thing is this? They're so like, let's see who can build a better fire. The the deal is, is that they can't light the fire themselves. They have to pray to, to these guys have to pray to their gods to light the fire, and then Elijah he's gonna pray to his God to light the fire. And the guys from from you know, the the guys that worship the idols they built this Altar and nothing happened. Then Elijah he builds his altar. And then you know what he does? He breaks a rule of fire starting. Now they're in a drought, mind you, and he says, Go and get water and let's soak this altar with water. Now I don't know about you, but if I'm building a fire. That's not one of the steps, right, to, to soak the fire. And especially if I'm praying for God to light it, man, I want to help God out as much as I possibly can. But Elijah, his perspective is, well, if God's going to light the fire, it doesn't matter if I help him out or not. So I'm just going to make it as hard for him as possible. So he douses this thing with, with, with water, and then he prays and says, God, I believe in you. Show that you're the one true God. And then here in verse 38, he says, immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water and the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Now here's the thing that's important to realize. God is the one that lights the fire. But, I like big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> but we're the ones that fuel the fire. We're the ones that fuel it. God sends the spark. But but we're the ones that have to keep fueling it. And we have to do that. It, it, And sometimes we're like, you know what, I just want to acquire the fire. I just want God's fire. And God's like, I've given you the fire, but you're not adding fuel onto it. And sometimes people in their life, they're just a big flash of flame. Like I I saw a guy once a couple years back, he was trying to build a bonfire. And he had all these logs in there. And you know how he wanted to build a bonfire? He took a can of gasoline and he soaked the whole thing. And he threw a match on it. Now, you know what happened? It went poof, and it started burning. Now, how long do you think that fire lasted? Not long, only long enough to burn up the gasoline, and it was just sitting there, and it's just a little bit of smoke. He's like, why didn't it catch the wood on fire? I'm like, well, you didn't build it right. I mean, yeah, the gasoline burns quickly, but that's not how you build a fire. Luke 12, 49, Jesus says, I have come. To do what? To set the world on fire. And I wish it was already burning. Now he's not talking about literally setting the world on fire, but on fire, passionate for him, for the kingdom of God. Jesus wants us fired up for him, because fire is the most important thing in the world. In Acts 1.8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, people were praying. There was these little flames of fire over their heads. I don't know, it's kind of crazy, but that's what they saw. It says there was tongues of fire. They, the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be, okay, what is the fire for? See, this is the thing. Some people think the fire is for me. The fire is for me. But listen, what it says here. It says is you'll receive power. The Holy Spirit, these tongues of fire, came on them, comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses what does that mean? Telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's saying telling people about me everywhere in Thomaston, in and, and Litchfield County, in Connecticut, in America. We're telling people about him. See, that's what the fire does, the fire spreads, it spreads. Now, here's the thing. Right now, this year, I don't exactly know how many it was. California has had like, like over 5,000 wildfires. I mean, one of them was bigger. This wildfire was bigger than Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, imagine that. Man, when the fire starts going, it's pretty much unstoppable. I mean, this thing just burns and burns. And if we are on fire, then we should be spreading that. see, it's contagious. You spread it around. But many of us, we were afraid. We're like, I can't talk about God at work. I can't talk about God in school. Where would we be if Jesus and the apostles were afraid to spread the fire? I mean, these, these apostles, these disciples, man, the, the, um, the government, they said, don't say it anymore. Don't spread this anymore. And they just went on and did it anyway. So what are you called to do? Were you called to work a job, to drive a car, and to pay your bills? Or, or were you called to more than that? Were you called to be light? We were called to burn brightly for our king. We were called not to shy away from that, but to spread the fire with others. Matthew five fourteen. It says, you, you, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a box. I mean, what is the point of that? What is the point to light a lamp to light a candle, to light some glow sticks, and hide them under a box. It says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your, what, your good deeds shine out for all to see. Now, but I don't have any good deeds. Well, maybe you need to work on that just a little bit, um, And it says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise you and tell you you're awesome. No, so they'll praise your heavenly Father. We are called to shine, right? We're called to illuminate the darkness. See, we're called to shine. We're called to make disciples. See, a fire can't help it. It has to impact its surroundings. However, it's important that we remember that we are not the fire. We're just carriers of it. You know, you may build a fire and like, wow, that's amazing. I mean, I look at a fire and I think I'm like, what is fire? Like, what is it? Like, I don't know what it is. It's just amazing. And, And I can make it and I can heat with it, but I don't understand what it is. It's power. And, and in our lives, we have that power in our lives, and we might not fully understand it. We didn't make it, but we carry it, just like a carrier of a disease, right? You know, if you have a disease, you can't help but spread that around <laughs> to your friends and family members and whoever, man. If you've got kids, you know this firsthand, you know, one kid gets a stomach bug, and man, it's like quarantine the house for like the next two weeks, because, because they're going to start sharing that. It's going to spread around. This past week, we read uh, in our Thrive uh, Bible reading from Matthew twenty-eight, twenty-nine, and it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these disciples to obey the commands I have given you. See, we need to be making disciples. And ultimately making disciples that will go out and make disciples also. Several years ago, I had a good friend of mine. I started a business with. um, And uh, we, we uh, we built websites for people and, I don't know, silly things like that. Anyhow... As time progresses, uh, he had some problems in his marriage, um, and he, his house got foreclosed on. All these crazy things happened, um, and then I get a call one day, and they're like, do you know what happened to your friend Pat? And I'm like, no, and they said, oh, he, he killed his wife. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I saw him the day after this happened. I'm like, like, what in the world? Man, it was a crazy time for me in my life that that this guy did this. This guy I saw like several times a week. And he obviously got arrested and and, and put in prison. And there was like probably a three-month period of time that I'm like, like what in the world do I do with this now? Like what do I do? I mean like, like, I've just, I was just at a loss, and and, uh, and he eventually wrote me back, and he, it was just kind of like business stuff he was writing me, and I was like, you know what, man? I got no interest in talking business with you anymore. <laughs> like, I mean, wh- like, what are we going to do? Start up another one? I mean, so I said, I said, you know, and, and he knew all along that I was uh, a pastor. I said, I said, uh, you know only thing I'm interested in talking with you about right now is God. Now, I tried in, in the past, but he wasn't open to it. But now, man, let me tell you, he was open to it. And uh, and so we started talking about the Bible and started talking about Christ. And I just encouraged him simply. I said, man, just grab the New Testament and start reading it. And uh, and he read it. And, man, it has transformed his life. I just saw him this week. He's, he's finally, uh, he's... Um, uh, went through court, got a sentencing. He got like 60 years or something like that, which for him, I mean, he's in his late 40s, so that, that's life. Um, and uh, But he's got, his, uh, he's got his master's degree in, uh, in theology right now. And I mean, he's been studying God's word. He's been writing. He's been reading the Bible, praying. And I'm like, man, that's just crazy. It's crazy what God can do. And, and, and I said to them, I said to him once, I said, I said you realize that, that in a lot of ways, you're more free now than you were when you were outside of these walls. And like now, you're in captivity, but man, you're free. And he's like, yeah, I know. And I mean, he, he's just, like his life is just transformed around. And some of us are like, how can God save a person like that? I don't know. Like I had a hard time with that too, honestly. And I'm a pastor, and I'm like, man, but you did this horrible thing. But God still forgave him. Says we're supposed to, to make disciples. Matthew eleven eighteen. 18. It says John didn't spend his time eating and drinking. And you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. You know, I think what God wants us to do is, is be that friend of sinners. Continually think, how can I use my gifts, my talents, my abilities to reach people? A couple years back, I started a band. I thought, oh, that will be cool if I have a band that I can go and I can play in bars and stuff and, and reach out to people for God. And, and it was fun. We had a good time. We reached some people, hopefully, but it wasn't maybe as effective as, as I had hoped it would be. But then, you know, now here we are starting a, starting a church. And, and, um, and our goal here is, like we've said time and time again, it's, it's so that we can be a church that welcomes in people that are far from God because we need to be where the sinners are. How can we light a fire if we're not around other people that need to be lit? The fire, though, needs to be burning in our life first. So people are like, oh, I'm just gonna go hang out with, with people. I'm gonna go hang out at the bar. And Well, if the fire ain't going in your life, buddy, you probably shouldn't be there. Our mission, a Thrive Church, is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Again, lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's it. We'll, we'll use any means that we can, outside of sin, of course. We will do whatever we can to reach people. Show me something more important in life than that, and I'll quit today, and I'll go do that. But no, it's because this, I believe, is the most important thing on the planet. And some of, some of you say, I'm in. I'm in. Let's go. Let's do this thing. It's like, you ever watch poker? You know, these guys I mean, you got these guys, that got these small little cards, and they're looking at the cards, and they got these little little round things, these little chips, and the guy's like, oh, I'll put one in. I'll put two in. What does that mean? I'll, I'll risk a little bit. And then you see the one guy, he's like, let's play, <laughs> you know? He's like, I'm all in, man. We're going for this thing. Go big or go home. And we're all in that's when we become unstoppable. Oh. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, now these gifts Christ has given to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but their responsibility is to do what? To equip God's people to do his work. You know, Thrive Church is not about me and what I can accomplish, because I can't accomplish much. It's about you and what you can accomplish, and what we can all accomplish when we're working together. My job is simply to do some equipping, of that. And see, we often need to go against the flow. There was a shirt a long time ago. If you're a church person, you've been around church a long time, you've probably seen this shirt, and it's got all these fish going one way, and there's like little Jesus fish thing, you know, going the other way, and it says, Go against the flow. And I'm like, Yeah, that's all cute and all. But I, the way I picture it, the way I picture Jesus is like this other fish going like a totally other direction. Because a lot of people saying, oh, I'm going against the flow, are, well, maybe going against the flow of the world, but they're also not going in the direction Jesus wants them to either. Because, see, those fish that are going the wrong way, well, Jesus wants us to, to, to be around them and to reach them for the kingdom of, of God. We need to go against that flow. My idea might not be as good as yours. Maybe you got a great idea of how to reach people. Let's use those things. The early church we see was about we, not about me. Some people, you go to church, and some people, we are the church. You know, and that's why I've said before, we don't have a, a church membership, you know, here, it's, it's self-proclaimed. If you're like, hey, I'm a member, okay, great. <laughs> Me too, you know? But Because here's the thing. We don't want it to be like some, some social club or whatever. And not that there's anything wrong with church membership, but we're like, you know what? We're more focused on getting partners, right? People that says, I'm going to partner together. I'm going to give generously of my time and of my money and my skills and abilities to, man, we're going to light a fire in this area. Maybe in your life it's time to stir up the ashes a little bit. Revelations 3.15 says, I know all the things you do that you're not even hot or you're not cold. I wish that you were at least one or the other. But since you're like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Nobody likes lukewarm water. Are you lukewarm in your walk with Jesus? You know, I know I have been at times. And it's not a good place to be. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 and 8 says, This is why I remind you to do what? To fan those flames. Fan those flames. Fan into flames the spiritual gifts God gave you when I laid my hands on you. It goes on in verse 8. says, So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Maybe you need to start small. Like we did building that fire. We didn't just try to ignite a log. No, you got to start small. That's why I encourage people, man, if you haven't taken a first step yet, read the Bible for five minutes a day. Come on. You got to have five minutes a day. I mean, I mean, hey, you're like, well, I can't. I'm too busy watching TV. TV has built-in commercials, man. I mean, did you know every hour of TV, about 18 minutes of that is commercials? Just mute it and read during the commercials. Come on. We got no excuse. Like, well, I, I I pre-record it. Well, then you've just saved yourself twenty minutes. I think you could afford, you know, five minutes before you watch Jeopardy that you could, you know, do this. Maybe pray for five minutes a day. Memorize like one scripture a month. I mean, I'm not setting the bar high here. We're we're putting it down low. Fast. It means go without a meal. Maybe one meal. A year, I don't know. Maybe maybe some of you say, I can do one meal a a, a month or one meal a week. Fasting. So once this fire is kindled, you know what the cool thing is? You know what fire does? It purifies things and it cleanses things. And here's what I find that a lot of people get backwards. They spend so much time fighting the sin in their life. They fight it, I've got addictions, I got this, I got that, I got sin, and we fight it, and we fight it, and we fight it and fight it. But what we need is fire, because when the fire comes along, it begins to cleanse and purify it and fight it for us, refined like silver. Jeremiah 20 verse nine says, "But if I say i'll never mention the Lord or speak His name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. it's like a fire in my bones, I'm worn out trying to hold it I can't." do it. See, and then the fire begins to spread to those around us because, because it's purifying me and this fire is purifying me in my life and it spreads and then we become an arson, right? A fire starter for Jesus. A fire breather for Jesus. See, fire illuminates. Fire purifies. But you know what else it does? It warms hearts. Fire comforts those. If you're ever ever lost in the wilderness, they say one of the best things you can do is build a fire, even if it's in the middle of the summer, because it will comfort you. See, once God's fire is burning in you, you might be faced with a lot of tough choices. You might have to take some big risks. But that's okay. Unfortunately, a lot of people that call themselves Christians are satisfied being lukewarm. And they want you to be also. It's time that we go against that flow, that we become a fire starter for Jesus. Being a fire starter for Jesus. You know, and, and right now we're going to pray, and, and I, I would invite you to pray along with me. And some of you here, you're like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that lukewarm spot. Some of you might be like, you know, I'm just, I'm just plain cold. <laughs> and that's okay. Again, it's not about how you come. It's about how you leave. So, so what we're going to do, we're going to pray right now together. And, and I would encourage you, if you don't know God, man, let, let that spark catch in your life. Catch that spark and, and just say, let, let's see, God. Let's just give this thing a shot. Let's give it a shot. Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Lord and you say it with your mouth, you'll be saved. It's simple. So we just say, yeah, I believe it. And we're saved. And For the rest of you, I would encourage you to fan those flames. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for each person that's here with us. And we just... We want you to build your kingdom here and now. Not tomorrow, but today. We know that you're here with us. We want to be fire starters for you. We want to ignite the areas that we live in. We want, let let this fire that's in us be contagious to those around us. Let us not just put this thing under a box and hide it. No, let it shine brightly for you. Not in a weird and freaky kind of way, but in a way that brings you honor. You're here and you don't know God, and you say, you know what, I'm just gonna catch that little spark. I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let it grow. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my life to Christ. Again, it says, if you believe in your heart and you say it with your mouth, all you have to say is, I believe in Jesus. And you'll be saved. I would encourage you to do that. Would you stand with us? We're gonna sing a song. thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.